Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, spooksters. Today, we're going to be talking about another haunted location. But before we do that, if you want to hang out with us on social media, you can do so by heading over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at Three Spooked Girls. If you want to find like-minded people, like, you know, other spooksters, you should head over to our Facebook group, which is Three Spooked Girls Official. It is a place where we do book club. We do lots of fun things over there. If we do an exchange, it's there. Whatever you guys want to talk about or discuss, if there's a really like hot topic, we'll do like a dedicated thread so that people can like put and like have meaningful conversations and not just a bunch of like random things. So that Mm -hmm. way, you know, so if you want to be part of the Spookster community, you can head over there again, three Spooked Girls official. If you want to help support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls for little as a dollar a month. You get extra bonus content. We just revamped it. So go mm-hmm. ahead and check it out. The tiers have different things. Our $5 and up, it's really a $5 and up is you get like ad free episodes or it comes out a day early most most of the time. I'm going to mm-hmm. say like 99.99999% of the time. Mm-hmm. It comes out a day early. And, you know, if that's something you are interested in, head over there and see. Yes. If you want to get like a tarot reading or something of that nature, head over to our Spookster shop. It's all in the link tree below in the in the show notes. So you can go there and find it. And like, you know, it's one easy little clicky location. Hey, Spooksters, it's Tara, and I am back with another podcast wreck for you guys from Jess and I. This time, it is about med crimes. Med crimes is a true crime podcast with a medical twist, hosted by two healthcare professionals who love true crime. Devin is a seasoned registered nurse who knows the ins and outs of the healthcare system as a whole, including specifically long-term care, wounds, and insurance and Medicare reimbursement. Kate is a nurse practitioner who specializes in caring for the acutely 
ill in a hospital setting, specializing in general medicine. The two are the best of friends and prior college roommates who studied and grew up together, first as friends, then as medical professionals, and now as moms who love true crime. Together, they offer a unique perspective on the cases they cover. Each case, whether widely publicized or more obscure, is always of a criminally medical nature. They not only discuss the case itself and investigation, but the medical science behind it. All the podcast appeals to the medical community, Kate and Devin take care to carefully explain the medications, procedures, and anatomy behind the criminal acts so that it's understandable for anyone. Some of their more popular cases are Donald Klein, the fertility specialist and obstetrician who inseminated unsuspecting women with his own genetic material, fathering almost 100 children. And maybe you've heard of the next one, Radonna Vaught, the Tennessee nurse whose medication error led to the death of an innocent patient. They cover the error itself in detail, as well as the investigation, the trial, and the media ramifications. Or the last one you guys should check out is of Christopher Dunch, the evil orthopedic surgeon who purposefully maimed and killed his patients. Kate and Devin dive into the specifics of many of his procedures, including what went horribly wrong. While the show gets very medical and scientific, the format is relaxed and relatable. By the end of your first listen, you may just want to be their best friends too. So check out Med Crimes anywhere you get your podcasts. If you are on the TikTok and you like consuming true crime or paranormal, Tara's Tara's TikTok is pretty poppin'. I don't really do much with mine ever. I think about it all the time and I never do it because <laughs> I like sleep, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, that's fine. But her username is, or her, her name on TikTok is spooky underscore sleuth. Definitely go and check that out. And without any further ado, we're going to get into today's episode, which is going to be about this crazy mansion <laughs> turned hotel, <laughs> turned haunted, haunted place. place, slash movie set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be talking about the Casa Loma Hotel. I don't know. I air quoted <laughs> that. You guys couldn't see that. Tara looked at me like, what the fuck? The Casaloma Hotel, which originally was just called Casaloma, mm -hmm. its name in Spanish, or, and I like that several places on the interweb said improper Spanish, not proper Spanish, but improper Spanish means hill house. Mm. It is in Gothic revival castle style. It's a mansion, it's got a huge garden, and it's in Midtown, Ontario, or Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So if you are our friends to the great white north, you may have been there. I mean, granted, Canada is huge, so you might not have been there, but <laughs> you're from the Toronto area. You probably know this place. It is now considered a historical house slash museum slash landmark. And it is, like I said, it is very popular. We're going to go into a little later. Some of the things that you may have seen this particular place in, in film or on the television. Yes. But this is like legit a castle. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, fucking damn, that's a castle. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It was built over a three-year period from 1911 to 1914, and it took about 300 men. Wow. I want to say that I thought it was really funny. Most websites said 300 men, about 300 men. And one was like 299. I was like, wow. <laughs> They're like, out. nah, y'all are fucking not. <laughs> It didn't take 300. To detail. <laughs> it took 299. Get it right. Okay. 
1903, financier Harry Pellet purchased 25 lots from the developer Kirtland and Roth. And he went to an, a local architect, who localish architect, by the name of E.J. Lennox. And the thing is, when I saw the name Lennox, I was like, ooh, the crystal. And that's not right. <laughs> and basically to design this, I'm going to call it a monstrosity of a home. As a hotel, rightfully sized. Yeah. As a house. Yeah. What is? Yeah. So, like I said, the construction began in 1911, and it started with the stables, which were reported to be ginormous and massive. They did a potting shed and then a hunter's lodge, which is the coachman's house or, like, Mm. where people lived. And that was going to be a few, it was basically a few hundred feet north of, like, the main building. Mm. So, Sir Henry Pellet, he is a sir, because he is, he is British. Mm-hmm. He would become known as the King of Casaloma, and he was born to his British parents in Kingston, Ontario, on January 6th, 1859. He apparently was one of those kids who, like, or one of those young men who were like, I'm not going to wait around for school. He basically dropped out of college at 17. So, I don't know Mm. what age you went to college in 1859, but 17 still seems pretty young. Maybe he finished high school at, like, 16? Maybe. Who knows? I have a feeling, like, back in the day, like, things were a little bit more lax than they are today. <laughs> They're just like, you're ready to go to college? All right, bye. <laughs> right. By the age of 23, he had made a full partner in his father's stock brokerage firm, which was mm-hmm. Pellet and wow. Pellet. And that was also the year that he married his wife, Mary. But he met her when they were, when he was 20. Gotcha. At one point in time, his firm controlled 25% of Canada's economy. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Right? I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, now that I'm about to start talking about the house, you might understand a little bit more about why they have kind of, like, grandioso vibes happening. They're bougie as fuck. Right. So the hunting lodge would end up being a two-story house, and it would be 4,380 square feet, or 407 square meters. Damn. Yeah. And it would also have a house, they would also have, like, servants' quarters within Mm -hmm. the hunt. That's just the fucking hunting lodge. Yeah. And that's fucking huge by itself. (laughs) Right. The actual house was, like I said earlier, 98 rooms, and it was 64,700 square feet, or 6,011 square meters. And I'm saying square meters because it's Canada. That's fine. That's their measurement. Yeah. Apparently, they built the stables, and the reason they built them so big is they wanted to be able to use it like as a staging area for the construction that was going on for the mansion. And apparently, underneath the stables, there are still rooms that have some of the machinery. That was used to build said location. Hmm. In total, the I wish I had looked up the conversion for this. I did not. In total, the it was three point five million dollars in eighteen or in nineteen eleven. So I'll look. Thank you. The house was the largest private residence in Canada. So 
this dude just controls 25% of the economy, has the largest house. He kind of a thing. And he also was a major general at one point in his life. And he was an honorary colonel. Oh, he was an honorary colonel that later became a major general. Notable amenities for this house is, and mind you, this is like 1914 is when it was completed. It had an elevator, a huge oven. The oven was described, and I'm not shitting you, I copied this straight from a website because I did not want mm-hmm. it to be like one of those things. It was described as an oven large enough to cook an ox. Oh. Okay. I want to know, do they like walk the ox in and they're like, it fits? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so fun fact. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a little more because the converter I found did 3 million. Because you said 3.5, right? Mm-hmm. So if we go off just 3 million, it is $94.1 million. Damn. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it had two vertical passages for pipe organs, you know, to be played, I guess. A central vacuuming system, which is still, ooh, wow, today. Like, I go to someone's house, and they're like, you want to see this? And they, like, drop something on the floor, and they kick it, and it, like, sucks up. I'm like, that's amazing. It had two secret passages so that Pellet could go to his ground floor office. It also had a pool, and there were three bowling lanes in the basement. Mm. Which I was like, okay, really? You had to have it all? Hmm. <laughs> A lot of things they started to do, they and they never finished because he had he had visions of grandeur. He wanted so many things, but unfortunately, when you're building a three point five million dollar home in 1914, yeah, that costs a lot. That's like everything you have, and mm-hmm. basically, he wasn't going to be able to sustain the cost of Casaloma. The more that he tried to expand it, the more it put him and his family in, like, financial debt. I think what they were really... And then also, like, this is around the time, like, World War I is breaking out. So, like, people aren't necessarily buying up these lots of land that were, like, around. Mm -hmm. One of the things is, like, the family had, like, heavily invested and almost had a monopoly on electrical power in that area. And then the government came in and, like, regulated that so that it became like a public ownership and Mm. so that kind of you know didn't help basically what he thought was going to happen is that like the well-to-do people in canada or maybe not even just in canada place people who were like well-to-do would see casaloma and be like oh i want a home like that and i'm going to build around so that Mm -hmm. they would build this basically like elitist community And they'd all have these, like, big grand houses, and that didn't pan out. So, like, again, the revenue that they kept trying to, like, put... And the thing was, is, like, the company owned the house. It Mm -hmm. wasn't, like, he owned the house. So, it was, like, he was financing it through Pellet and Pellet. Mm -hmm. And at one point in time, they owed $1.7 million to the bank. Yeah. So because of this, it forced him to, like, sell off his belongings. Mm, Gotcha, yeah. Because he was trying to, like, you know, keep his home. I mean, he was still at this point trying to finish the shit in his house. Right. The grand ballrooms and all the shit. And then his wife would pass away in 1924. So I think, like, all of this stuff kind of made it too much for him. And he would 
just eventually he actually would move to like a farm in Ontario, mm. which was a lot smaller. But in 1926, the hotel would would open as the Casaloma Hotel. William Sparling was the man who basically was taking this venture over. And like I said, to have 98 rooms as as a hotel, like that's a really good start. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we're also talking like they had ballrooms and those type of things. So they obviously had to do some renovations. But that was also kind of short lived. It was only like three years that it was open because it was just it was just too much. And then like William Sparling is coming in and he's trying to like add on things like billiard rooms and a giant ass great hall, like bigger than the one that they had. And it's just stop. Yeah. Take care of what you have. Stop trying to grow until you. Right. (laughs) So about that time, basically a New York syndicate of like a hotel chain came in and tried to like buy the hotel, but it just kind of fell through. And so the hotel ended up folding in 1929. And then it would just, it just kind of like never really got on its feet. But in 1933, the city of Ontario basically took the property because there was $27,334 in taxes owed. Now, I know that in the United States, I don't know about in Canada, and I don't know about this time, but in the United States, there's an auction thing that you can do where if you buy somebody's back taxes, like you pay for them, Mm -hmm. you can take ownership of houses. Oh, okay. So could you imagine like being like seeing this, maybe not being like super, super wealthy, but like wealthy enough where you have $30,000 sitting in your pocket in 1933 mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm buy that big old mansion. Right? I would have bought it and then like pieced it out. For real. The town was like, what should we do with it? They even, they thought about making it a high school, which, you know, would have been like 10 things they hate about you. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. They thought about making it a museum or an art gallery. They just kind of were like, okay, we have to like figure this out. And it just kind of like became like a tourist attraction. The Kiwanis Club operated out of there for a while. And it just, it basically kind of was just there. Mm -hmm. Like it was kind of a place. Mm -hmm. But in August of 2011, the new Casaloma Corporation was formed, but the city of Toronto still owns it. From 1997 to 2012, it underwent a 15-year, $33 million exterior renovation. Mm -hmm. That's pretty flippin' huge. Yeah. Right. I don't think they thought it was going to be that expensive, for sure. Because it's like a fully functioning hotel now. And there's also a steakhouse there called the Blue Blood Steakhouse, which I thought was cool (laughs) because, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think that's not even like the coolest part of this building. Like the building has had such a like historical Hollywood influence. Mm -hmm. So a list of stars who have stayed there is Chris Evans, Drake, Uh Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry, Patrick Stewart, Jackie Chan. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Jessica Chastain and Tom Hiddleston, Mike Myers and Jessica Alba, Paul Walker, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Richard Gere, Salma Hayek, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Vin Diesel, to name a few. Dang. And the reason why a lot of them stayed there is, like I mentioned earlier, it has been in a lot of, it's been in a lot of movies and TV shows. 
You know the show, have you heard of the show Shadow Hunters? Possibly, it sounds familiar. It was in one of their episode. It huh. is the, did you, do you remember the Disney Channel movie Twitches? Yeah, I just watched that during Halloween. Do you remember Twitches 2? Yes, we watched It was both. filmed there. Nice. The show Hannibal has been filmed there. The Vow was filmed there. Billy Madison, they used the interior. <laughs> Goosebumps has shot two episodes there. Nice. And if you've Googled this mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my God, this looks so, so familiar. Like most people know this. It's the Xavier School in X-Men. Oh, wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, for those of you who know, I love this. Oh, the movie Skulls was, was shot there. Chicago, Billy Flynn's office mm-hmm. is shot there. But for me, my favorite movie that was shot there was Strange Brew. <laughs> I don't know. It just made me happy when I saw that connection because I was like, oh, my God, I love that movie. And I was telling my boss about it today. I was like, because he was asking me what I was doing. And I was like, I'm doing the research for this. And I uh-huh. was explaining. And he was like, I don't know that movie. And then I explained it. And he goes, oh, my God, I know that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Great. It's a great movie. Love it. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to you to talk about the haunted bits. Yes. Okay, so there's only, like, a handful of ghosts, but pretty much, like, hella people see them. So most people have reported the huge, the disembodied voices, sounds of footsteps, doors opening on their own, and the sightings of apparitions in the... I like how some articles, they were like, in the house. I'm like, that is not a house. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This it's a mansion. Like a castle. Castle. <laughs> Same diff, yes, to those. But there was a random ghost story that a ghost stole a security tape, and they still to this day have not been able to find it. One of the people said that this was one of those older cameras that if you didn't have the tape in it, it obviously wouldn't work. And the worker was like, I know I put it in there. This, my coworker saw me put it in there. And they literally looked everywhere and they could never find it. So apparently that ghost did not want to be on camera. No. None at all. Probably like too many cameras. Right, exactly. They do have their own white lady on the property. People have seen her in a lot of places. Typically, she is cleaning down in like the kitchen and the cafeteria area. And a lot of cafeteria staff has seen her as well. So she continues to do her job in the afterlife because it's believed that this white lady was a maid who worked there back in the 1900s. And it was around the time period where like 60,000 people in Toronto died of influenza. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So she came back to work. <laughs> Aw, that's dedication. Sometimes you can't get people to show up now. Right, I know. It is also said that Sir Henry and Lady Mary do haunt the property as well. So the biggest story with Sir Henry is there was a young boy who said he saw a man standing standing at the second floor window and he was outside in like the garden area and he told one of the staff members and they were like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Nobody is supposed to be on that fucking floor. Like we need to lock this shit down and figure out who it is and get him out of there. Right. 
Three Spooked Girls is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had to put together like a really complicated toy? You know, the kind that looks super easy, like it's going to click together and then it doesn't. And you're scrambling through the box to find instructions and they're just not there. And you begin to panic. Doesn't that kind of feel like life sometimes? Because unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether that's a career change, a new relationship, or being a parent. Having a user manual would be great. The next best thing to that is BetterHelp Online Therapy. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine that is you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. I know with the holidays coming up, I've kind of started thinking ahead and I'm like, okay, I know I might get stressed out, so maybe I should schedule some extra therapy sessions and talk through these complicated emotions with my therapist. And I know that when I do that, it helps me out so, so much. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched over 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be easier. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash spooked girls. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash spooked girls. So they can't find him. And so they go back to the boy and they're like, okay, what is this? What did this man look like? All of that. Because obviously they want to try to find the trespasser. Well, when did you find out that he starts describing Sir Henry? So they're like... Wait a damn minute. And they, you know, they get some photos of Sir Henry. You know, they show him and they're like, is this who you saw? And literally the kid said, yeah, that's him. Why was he so mad? Because <laughs> the boy said he looked angry or upset. Some article said that the boy said he looked like super serious and all of that. He's probably wondering why the fuck there's random people at his house. I mean, he kind of sounds like an elitist, <laughs> so he's probably like, why the fuck is everyone who's beneath me at my house? Yes. Now, Lady Mary is said to wander through the the castle and also through the gardens. And she is very reserved in her spirit and doesn't like attention or really anything like that. So there was a time that a paranormal investigation team tried to film her room and left a camera there, you know, like most of them do, set it up, go do other investigations around the property, what have you. And guess what? This was the random story. This She took the date. <laughs> so they think it links back to that other story as well. So she's a tape snatcher, apparently, because she's probably like, no, fuck you guys. No. Yeah. Right. Super funny. And a lot of different paranormal investigation teams and psychics and everything have came through here, you know, trying to make contact with the couple. And according to one psychic, she said that the couple isn't trapped there. They are just they just want to be there. Delivering their best afterlife. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now, this one is like creepy as fuck. So there's a ghost named Mr. Happy. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, great. 
Any ghost named Mr. Happy cannot be happy. Exactly, right? So people think that this was actually a person who was friends with Sir Henry, and he was who they had hired to look over the horses because, you know, they got the property and all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, he likes to hang out in the tunnel that leads to the stables. And I'm like, I ain't, you're saying this property's haunted? I'm not going to no fucking tunnel. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. But when people do go through this tunnel, they say they have been grabbed or had their hair pulled by Mr. Happy. So that's nice. And people have reported hearing him sighing gruffly. And he also has been captured on like voice recordings and stuff of speaking and interacting with visitors there. He's kind of a little bit of a shithead or he just thinks he's funny. There's one recording where he's making a a voice like mimicking a, a medium who said, oh, he's a horrible person when they were trying to make contact. So he's like, oh, He's a horrible person, like that kind of thing. And I'm like, that's kind of funny, actually, though. He's got sass. <laughs> He's like, fuck like, you. That's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. And, you know, so that kind of was like, wow, to these investigators. They were like, this is an intelligent haunting with this entity. This isn't residual anything like that. Like, he's straight up interacting and stuff. He's not on the loop like a residual haunt mm-hmm. is. And basically, anytime any other mediums have come through, they base they have came to the same conclusion that it it was that friend of Sir Henry there in the tunnel. And yeah, that I guess because he's kind of a shit, they they gave him that nickname, Mr. Happy. And I'm just like, that just the name just sounds creepy. I love it though. I love that he's a sassy man. Yeah, he it doesn't seem like he's like malicious. It's just kind of like he likes to make fun of people. And then probably just like fuck with people, I feel like, with the grabbing and the hair pulling, because it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it's anything too dangerous. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. So, I get that, like, I'm going to fuck with you because it's funny vibes. Exactly. Exactly. So super funny. So, yeah, there's not a lot of ghosts. That's really it for the ghosts, because, you know, there was no there's no murders or nothing like terribly horrific has happened on this property, which mm-hmm. it's like. You know, that's how it's going to be sometimes. Like, it's not every single place that's haunted had freaking axe murderers happening. You know what I that's mean? That's true. So, you know, it is what it is. So it's kind of a lighter one. So I kind of just went and looked a little bit, though, because I found out that they do a Halloween haunt Ooh. here. Like a legit ass one. Oh. So this is during September and obviously October. I don't know if the haunt is called this or the company that puts it on is called this, but it's called Legends of Horror. And according to dailyhive.com, this is a ghoulish two-kilometer trail will be laid out for guests in the form of promenade theater, starting in the lower gardens of the castle before heading into the darkest and deepest spaces of the grounds that have never been crossed before by the public. So anyone listening, if y'all went this year, you got exclusive shit. The experience stretches for over an hour as attendees make their way through a variety of theatrically designed sets and gardens and chambers below the castle. (laughs) Beware of characters that will be introduced in the environmental theater as you make your way from scene to scene along the grounds. And a 3D projection on the castle's exterior will aid in bringing the spooky characters of the storyline and the castle to life. I'm like, oh my god, that sounds so fucking fun. (laughs) It does. (laughs) 
Right. And then they actually do a holiday. They have something going on now. So if you are local or going to be in the area, they have a holiday light experience that they do from five to ten. Ooh. Yeah. And it says on there you get access to the Oh, it says notes. Access to the gardens closes early on select days to accommodate this show mm-hmm. experience thing. And that Christmas, they have this thing called Christmas at the Castle and also Casa Loma general admission because you can go there like regularly during the year. Mm-hmm. You, if you want to do that, you got to upgrade your tickets. So I think of it as how we upgraded our tickets when we went to Winchester type of uh, thing. Okay. But like totally, totally fucking worth it. And then they have certain parts of the area that closes early and all of that good stuff. But like I said, also, if you are there any other time of year, they do tours and have events all year round. They The only day that they close is Christmas. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So if you want to do a regular tour there, they run 9.30 to 5 p.m. And the last admissions is 4.30 p.m. And it's not that bad a price considering like what you're going to look at. So admissions for kids, 4 to 13 is $25. Older kids, 14 to 17 is 35. Adults are 40. And they do have a senior discount. So if you're 65 or older, 35 bucks. Cool. So, yeah. I know normally there's kind of quite a bit more when it comes to these ghosts. But really, everything I looked at, that that's pretty much it. So... It is spooky and it is most definitely haunted, but it's kind of like the castle. It's like the castle of friendly ghosts. Yeah, it's like if everyone was Casper. <laughs> exactly. But like, you know, rich socialite people from the 1900s. I love it. But I, it's so funny because like, you know, this makes me think of that meme where it's like, why is it always the little girl in the 1900s dress? Why is it not someone from like 2008? This is why I think, like, when you die, like, you get to pick what you put on. Because I just think that yeah. ghosts, people are, like, dead. And they're like, oh, I'm going to fuck with people. I'm going to dress in this period. For that, right. it's just so traumatic back then that people just can't move on. Yeah, it could be. You never know. But, yeah, those are our little roundup of our ghostly friends over at the at the castle hotel place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today. We hope you enjoyed the lighter side of the paranormal. Mm -hmm. I like it when I can go to bed after this and not be like holding a crystal or like whatever. Fucking have nightmares, right? So (laughs) with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off and we will see you back here on Thursday for a stabby snippet. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.